millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today on Barbecue and Tech, welcome back for season two. We are going to touch base on what happened with our big Super Bowl barbecue thing we actually did, what we learned, where we screwed up, how we made the food. I'm your host, Rod Simmons, joined by my partner in crime and co-host, Chris Ashley. What up, man? Chilling, chilling. I was, uh, I'm still, I'm still reeling. I, I just have one more serving left of the leftovers from the Super Bowl. There's one more serving of pulled pork and then it's a wrap. Everything, everything is gone. Um, but yeah, man, that the, the Super Bowl cook. So as a recap, uh, for folks that, uh, are wondering, we actually had planned out a pretty extravagant uh barbecue for the Super Bowl. We had decided that we were going to do a bunch of finger food themed uh sliders. Sliders. Well the finger food themed meals were smoked sliders and smoked wings and we had different types of sliders that we wanted to produce. And all in all, I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I was a little bit shocked at what I felt was the best but uh, we'll talk about that. But uh, yeah, it, it went off really well. Uh, we did a pork shoulder. We did beef ribs from 44 Farms. We did a brisket from Snake River Farms. And uh, we did. Um, oh, so with the brisket, we created two separate sliders. We had burnt end sliders and we had brisket sliders. And I was happy to hear that uh, some of our listeners uh, were able to replicate at least to some extent the the idea that we that we put out there and kind of did the same thing for their for their Super Bowl parties too. So that that was actually pretty fun to hear too, which is what we want. Yeah, it was you know we all take inspiration from each other to come up with something fun and different. That that's just not like here's meat. It's sliced on a plate. Throw it on a plate and go eat. Leave me alone. Yep, we did learn a few things. We did come up with a few things, and so. Like normal, we try to give you guys a few tips right up front in the show. Before we do that, I want to make sure everybody knows how they can help support the show. Oh, yeah. Let's do um, that. Well, one, I, I'm hoping that at this point, if you've been with us through season one, and if you haven't, please go back and watch episodes from season one because we definitely touched on some things. And honestly, we got a ton of tweets from people letting us know that there were some, they actually were able to get some value out of these things and actually help them with their cooks. But if you want to help out, support the show. 
why don't you try to consider supporting us on Patreon? And I know everyone's asking for Patreon support, but this isn't about me putting money in my pocket or Chris putting money in our pocket. We want to put every penny back into the show. So one of the things we did recently was we did a cook-off of two different uh, like seasonings and gave you our opinion, our feedback on what we thought of the season. Well, we will give you an opinion. I don't think we put it out there yet. Yeah, we want to continue to do those types of things, but more importantly, we want to continue to do other types of things. We had somebody say, "Hey, now that we know you know you guys did a Snake River Farm, could you compare that Snake River Farm with a, with a like a Walmart or a uh, a butcher brisket and run those all?" And of course, all those things cost. So, like your support allows us to do these crazy things. It makes it easier for us to do it for sure yes. because you know just just to give it a rough idea. That Snake River Farm brisket, which is what their gold standard brisket, twenty two pounds. That thing was uh about two hundred and sixty dollars. Yes. So then, then you got the butcher and all the other stuff on top of it. So it does add up, but again, but your don't support care. it's fine. You know, we we're gonna do it regardless, but we we certainly appreciate anyone that helps us make it fun because we're having a blast doing it. So, you know, and everybody can benefit from it. So if you want to support the show, we appreciate you. But by all means, the most you can the biggest thing you can do is when the episodes come out, tweet out the show, uh, share it with your friends. Uh, I, I love seeing messages like, hey, I just found your show. You know, I'm really enjoying it. Went back and listened to every episode and you guys are awesome. I love those. I love getting the private messages. Uh, folks asking me about, you know, smoking wings or or asking us really about you know, different smokes and what they're doing. The Discord is up, so you can search for us on uh, uh, Barbecue and Tech on Discord. Having great conversations on there. Pictures are going up. Uh, little tips and tricks going out. I just posted the Barbecue and Tech basic rub. So what I'm hoping happens is somebody takes that rub and adds something to it and then makes it better. Then the next person takes that and makes it better. And then we come up with this ridiculous rub. You know, that we just, that is community based. So, um, that's what I'm really hoping for. And soon enough, we'll have a bar, basic barbecue sauce and we'll go from there and just keep adding stuff in there. But that's at the Patreon level. So, um, those type of things are there. So there's plenty of benefits for being a patron. But yeah, tweet out the show, share it, but come, everybody can come join us on Discord and have these conversations. All right. You want to start into tips first? Yeah. So I think, uh, tip number one that I got out of this. A uh, whole experience is is actually uh, pretty simple. And while we have all these conversations about the basics of uh, smoking food, so brisket and pulled pork and chicken and all this stuff, man, don't limit your smokes to that. You know, there's so much more you can do. Salmon, you know, tuna, tofu, you know, for our vegetarian friends and vegetables and macaroni and cheese man there's just so much you can do on your smoker don't i mean obviously the big ticket items are the ones that you know stand out the most or the ones you get the most accolades but uh we'll probably end up doing an episode this season about doing breakfast on the smoker and some different breakfast things you can do and uh and ways to do them so yeah you know there's i was just taught how to do a breakfast bacon weave that I got to experiment with. So I got experimented with it first, but uh, yeah, that's going to be pretty dope because it's already, I mean, imagine a weave of bacon stuffed with the breakfast foods. Good grief. I can't wait. So yeah, so don't, don't limit your smoking experience. And this whole thing with the sliders, I mean, we had smoked beef rib sliders. 
smoked brisket sliders, smoked burnt end sliders. It's crazy. Where else are you going to find that at? Your house. So don't limit you. Don't, you know, make sure you're expanding your mind when it comes to putting things on the smoker. And Rod, you have one? Oh, absolutely. If you think you're going to have too much food and you tell your friend, I think we have too much food, listen to yourself. We had so much food. And now, mind you, to be fair, we, we could have just literally just made the brisket and had more than enough food because it, it was a it was an, a 22-pound brisket before uh, slicing it up. But we had brisket at 22 pounds, pulled pork at 12 pounds. We had – I think you did three dozen wings. I did two dozen wings. Mm-hmm. Then we had uh, the beef ribs on top of that, which were at least about 10 or so pounds. So – and mind you, we only had nine people to eat food. So if you, if you figure a pound a person, we had way more than enough food. So if you're, if you're not a person who likes leftovers, really consider the pounds of food you have per person. Variety is always great, but sometimes, and I am of a mindset that you may not get everything I make, but you can get something I make. So if you're late, that's on you. So just if you're not a per- person who likes to have leftovers, I know, Chris, you love leftovers and you're great with yeah, that, but not everybody thing. is that way. And if you know that you, you're going to wind up throwing away the food and wasting the food and it just, it makes the barbecue just really expensive when you're throwing away food that you're not eating, either have enough people there or scale back what your expectations are or plan with a friend where you're going to split the food in between two or three different people where you're going to make one thing. And that's all you got to focus on. You're going to get a little bit of something else other people made. So that that's my tip. Cool. And uh, third tip would be there are ways to repurpose the fat from your uh, brisket that you're trimming. One of the things that you can do, because, you know, we ordered that expensive Snake River Farms brisket. It was worth every penny. So let me just put that out there right out the gate. But yeah, and what I ended up doing is pr- not trimming off as much fat as I normally would just because I was just dying inside. I was like, I don't want to waste this expensive piece of meat. Um, but one of the things you can do is when you trim off the fat from the brisket, you can actually lay it over the coals in your smoker because, you know, what, what, when you get that flavor when you're uh, cooking, what, what happens? You got the food cooking, the, gr- the grease from the food drips into the coals. That burns, and that's what gives you that grilling flavor. You can recreate that by just putting the fat in in the coals with the uh, with the rest of the food. Nothing wrong with that. It's a, a trick that I just learned and uh, found out about it and tried it out. And you know, I, I wouldn't say it was like the overwhelming difference, but it def- definitely added like a, a bit of a different flavor in in, in the food. So uh, try it out and see see what you're doing. See how you like it. Yeah, to just to be careful. You nobody wants a grease fire, so we're not saying all that fat you yeah, trim. Don't take all of it; just take like a strip. <laughs> yeah, like little pieces. Like if, if you have a little cube and you want to chop it up, and you want to just say, "Hey, I opened a firebox. I'm going to put like a little cube, you know, one by one cube, or like a very thin quarter inch strips, you know, six inches long, and throw it on top of a log so it it, it kind of melts itself out. But don't try to take like four pounds of fat and throw it in there, and not think you're going to get a grease fire. So, absolutely, I agree with you because uh, I've done it on my egg. I, I do think it makes a difference. And as we all know, as you're cooking, you have all that stuff dripping on usually deflection pans or whatever you have. And that sizzle and smoke that comes back up is what all that goodness is about. <laughs> so yep. absolutely. Yep. So there you go. Three quick tips there. So 
let's get into the recap because that's what this episode is. Uh, some, you know, postmortem, if you will, some uh, good things, bad things, because definitely are a couple troubling things that happened for me. I'll start with the equipment. So I decided to try out the barbecue guru, their, their uh, temperature controller. I've been something I've been looking at for years. I can't even. Oh, I know why I ended up buying the flame boss because one of my buddies that owns a store here, that's what they sold. So I just, you know, wanted to support him. So I bought the flame boss, but I always had it in the back of my mind to try out the barbecue guru controller. So I ordered one. Um, they're not cheap. You know, the, the high end one is like almost $400. Um, but much like the flame boss, it allows you to remotely control the uh, smoker, the temperature. Uh, it has a uh, open door detection. So basically it detects that the door is open because the temperature is dropping. So it'll actually shut off the fan. Why? Cause you don't want it to start heating up while there's all that extra air. And then all of a sudden you overshoot your temperature. Um, the cool thing about it too, is it allows me to just get the coals lit and then let it go and then let it do its thing. Um, I know some smokers, you, you know, you overshoot the temp, then you bring it back down to where you want it. But for me, I can just light it, walk away because the, the controller is going to spin the fan and get it to where I have it set. So a lot of great reasons to have one. And then it has uh, food probes, um, their version can do up to three different foods so you can probe it and then just cool things you can do at least with on the flame boss one you can say when if when this food reaches a certain temperature you know start bringing the temperature down so it can kind of stay warm that's all kinds of cool things like that so i'll still learn i'd only done one smoke with the new controller and uh i was like all right i'm gonna try it for this uh for this big uh cook and uh yeah i started having some trouble with it so nothing major that I couldn't get past, but uh, yeah, not the greatest idea to try a new controller when you're smoking some very expensive food. So yeah, so that that kind of it was like, hey, stupid, what are you doing? You know, one of the one of the main issues I was having was uh, this thing has both both devices have both Bluetooth and and Wi-Fi connection, and for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like the uh, Barbecue Guru is staying on the Wi-Fi and it's, it's lit up because it actually lights differently as these uh, lights on the front that tells you that it's using, uh, it's purple if it's on Wi-Fi and it's blue if it's on Bluetooth. But when I stepped away from my house to go uh, run to the store, I couldn't control it. So um, got to figure that out. But it did hold temperature very well to get the temp, uh, get the temp, get to temp pretty well. Um, I, I, you know, I, I would say the short, and I haven't done my full analysis recap of it, but uh, at, at some point I will. But I'll say the major things that I'm looking at right now is I like the construction of Barbecue Guru, but I like the features of the Flame Boss better. So the the, the Barbecue Guru, I think, is better, better built, you know, but the the features in the app of the Flame Boss way better. So that was the yeah, it was a downside. But uh next up was uh trimming the brisket. Um, like I said, this thing was by far the biggest brisket I've ever smoked. So there was a little of uh intimidation there. Cause you're like this is an expensive brisket. It's bigger than any brisket you ever did. You cannot fail at this brisket. But uh, you know, you just suck it up and you say, just do do what you do, do what works. And um if you had it to do all over again, would you have trimmed more fat off the brisket? Definitely. 
definitely I would have trimmed more fat off of it, especially off of the uh, point. You know, you can always do it after the fact, but uh, I would have trimmed more fat off of it. I just was scared to death just to waste it, and I didn't want to wait. And, it, you know, again, <laughs> when we took it out of the warmer, the Carlisle warmer, and we tapped it, that thing jiggled. It looked, I might as well had Jello sitting on the uh, on the table when we we just tapped it. It was like, it just reverberated on the I was like, oh, this is a good brisket right here. And the original plan was to cut the... You know, normally when you make burn ends, you cut the point into cubes and you, you know, slice up the, uh, the, the flat. But when I was trimming that brisket and I posted pictures of it in the discord and on Twitter, this thing was so gorgeous. I was like, there is no way I can cube up the point of this brisket and just make burn ends out of it. We got to eat it at slices. So I had reversed it and I cubed up the entire flat. Well, not the entire flat, most of the flat, because we did make slices out of that as well. And then um, use that for the burn ends instead, which were part of the flat. I was like, this is like a regular point. You know, the flat was just had so much marbling in it and it was so juicy. I was like, this looks literally looks like other briskets point meat. It was crazy how how good, how uh, awesome it was. Yeah, I can say, you know, when, you, when you're when you buying something like that, the one thing that sits in the back of your mind, like, if this is no different than what I cook every day when I look at it, you, you're not going to be happy. Like, you may say, it tastes good, but that's because of me. But um, we could tell out of the box, out of the gate, the the difference between what we've been cooking and that. And um, I, I, I here's the thing. I, I don't think it's something that if someone said, are, are you going to make those only, only those exclusively? Heck no. No. But uh, I think on yeah, on a special they're definitely occasion. enjoyable, and I still, you know, Rod is right. You know, you you will the next brisket I make, I'm going to be thinking about that other brisket. But you know, let's be clear, good brisket is just good brisket, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that was interesting. Um, thawing it out, it does come frozen. So anybody that intends to order, you know, from these companies, they do come pretty rock solid frozen. I ended up pulling the ri- the brisket out on uh, Monday Tuesday, we, or Tuesday. Monday. Yeah, Monday or Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. I think we both pulled yeah. on Tuesday. And it was perfectly ready to go by Saturday because I seasoned it up on Saturday, let it sit Saturday morning, let it sit in the refrigerator, and then was able to put it on the smoker um, Saturday evening. It was perfectly ready. And I think you did the same thing with the ribs, right, with the beef ribs? I, uh, I pulled the beef ribs on Tuesday um, around midday afternoon i actually started getting nervous because thursday i'm like man these are they're still pretty frozen and then friday morning i'm like all right they're starting to feel a little good and then by like friday evening i was confident i was like they'll be fine and i yeah. checked them saturday morning just in case because my biggest concern was if i gotta take them out and put them on the counter to thaw i want to make sure that i get them out saturday morning let them like that last bit of thaw at room temperature so mm-hmm. that we don't run into putting you know frozen meat on and just destroying yeah you dropped it off in my house and they were they were perfectly ready to go yeah. and um yeah so that was good and to see anything there was nothing funny no funny business with the beef ribs they just cooked uh shockingly the the other thing that was that kind of shocked me about the the brisket like i said 22 pounds cooked as fast as any 18 16 pound brisket that i normally get that was shocking to me and i did inject it so i did inject it with a broth uh i kept the the rub on the outside fairly simple you know with salt pepper 
and then I put a little uh, maple rub on top once I once I wrapped it. But uh, overall, I didn't do anything crazy with it because I really wanted to enjoy the meat on it. But still, somehow it's still uh, cooked in that same time frame. I didn't cook at a higher temperature at all, but it just it just did its thing. I was I was probably more shocked that uh, I mean you you refer to the when I when we pulled it out and you tapped it and how it jiggled. I was more shocked that when we pulled it out, it it honestly looked like you took the brisket, soaked it in water, and then yeah. put it into the catering. Because it was, I mean, normally you look at the paper and the paper is, there are spots here and there, usually mostly on the bottom where it's, you know, most of the oil is saturated through it. Yeah. I mean, this thing was just covered. It looked like, yeah, I mean, it honestly looked like you would have taken it, put it in saran wrap, and then sweat the thing or just dunked it in water. It was so and I did crazy. use some beef tallow with it as well, which can cause that, but I didn't use a lot. It didn't need a lot. And, uh, you know, beef tallow is just branded beef fat folks. And, um, you know, it's a, a, a new old secret, I guess that people use on their brisket. So I, I actually sprayed some in there when I put the, uh, the maple rub on there and, uh, man, but that the way it was soaked was on another level. You're right. That paper was super soaked. When, when I, when I took it out of the warmer and that's the man, shout out to the Caterade or the Carlisle. The Carlisle is what I actually have. The, I had that thing in the warmer for a good five hours. And when I opened it, steam was coming out of that thing. Steam that really holds brisket. I want to get a smaller one because that thing is just so it's hard to transport because it's so tall. So yeah. I'll probably order. I'll probably actually order the Caterade, the smaller version of it. Um, but man, just makes such a difference when, especially when we do like a get together like that, and I'm transporting a lot of lot of food. Like right. I had the brisket in there, I had the macaroni and cheese in there, I had the uh, two racks of beef ribs in there, and uh, wings, the and the wings and the trays of wings in there too, all kept warm, perfectly fine, ready to go when I got to Rod's house. Now I'll say I don't have the Carlisle or a Caterade, and I don't foresee myself getting one um, just because. I'm not, I don't do the same. And I know like when your daughter was doing like gymnastics and stuff like that, you were, you were catering for like their events and their fundraisers. Periodically. Yeah. For me, I use my Arctic cooler. I mean, if you know, if you've heard of Yeti coolers, it's essentially the poor man's Yeti is how I look at it. It's, it's Yeti quality at a person who thinks about their money's price. So I just open up my Yeti cooler and I have, I well, my Arctic coolers. I have three Arctic coolers and I have one Yeti bag. Um, and I was able to put my stuff into my Arctic cooler and it worked good. It's a, a soft side. I'll actually link to the Arctic cooler, but it, it worked great. And I, what I did before is I put boiling hot water in the cooler, closed it down and let it sit there for well over an hour, hour and a half. And then when my food said it's ready to go rest, I then yeah, took that's all that boiling water. You can do for those yeah. type of things is you heat up the inside or get a nice heat in there. I, I, I've never had done that, but, uh, it, you know, the, the cover, the door on the Carlisle is, has this rubber gasket on it. Yep. So as soon as that brisket goes in, it's going in at like 200 degrees. And that's what I, and that's another thing is I smoked that. Normally I go to 205, but I actually pulled this one at 200. Um, I just felt, that was going to be the spot. And I, I think I nailed it on the brisket. But the, uh, as soon as that thing goes in there at 200, that it heats up really pretty quickly on the yeah. inside of it. But that's definitely something you, sh- a lot of folks should do is heat up the inside with some hot water first. 
Especially this time of year, because most likely, if you're like anybody else, your coolers are probably sitting out in your shed Mm -hmm. or in your garage, and they are ice cold. Mm -hmm. So by bringing them inside, they're not going to fully get warmed up. But by dumping that boiling hot water in, even if you have to do two rounds of just some hot water, sits in and close the cooler up, let it just nice permeate the heat. Because what you want is a warm vessel that it's going in. Yeah. And then by putting it in there, I didn't have to put a towel on or anything. I just dropped it down the bottom, closed it up. And when I had, when I, I opened it, dumped it, closed it, brought the food over, put it next to it, opened it up. And there was still like steam, even though there's no water in there. And I dropped mm-hmm. it in, closed it. And when I took it out, the food was still hot. The pork, I mean, I would think I was almost, almost five, six hours later, I was, we yeah. were pulling pork and it pulled without a problem. It was still nice Steaming and warm. Hot, we didn't have to yeah. reheat anything. It was, that was definitely on point. Yeah, that looked good. Uh, so that, you know, so you have options, folks, but just the important thing is to always let those big pieces of meat rest, but how you do it, you know, you can wrap it in a towel. If you don't have like a you know, really nice insulated cooler, wrap it, use your cooler, just wrap a towel around it first and then put it in the cooler, right? Because then yep. that helps insulate the meat even more. Just, just be cognizant if that you're not using one of your or your your wife's really good towels where <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be saying a lot of sorries like i didn't mean to put that white towel and get all that grease on it at the bottom <laughs> of the cooler honey <laughs> yeah just uh yeah for sure so um but uh i the one thing I, the other thing i love about the carlisle is it does have like the shelves right so i can keep sliding in those metal trays on the different shelves. It just makes life so easy. Now, of course, those metal trays aren't always the sturdiest. So what I do is I take like a, I took like a half, a half cookie sheet pan and I put it in the middle so that, so that, you know, it can brace some of the weight and then I can have the bottom brace. So the heaviest stuff goes on the bottom and then on that pan and then, you know, everything else can kind of go above it. So even if it kind of starts to fall through, it's, it'll rest on something that's a lot sturdier. So. That, yeah, that's, that's just actually what I a good idea. And I will say that's the downside of using my cooler is that typically in the bottom of the cooler, I get one thing. I'm not going to put anything on top of it and I'm closing it down. But again, if you're, if you tend to smoke a little less food like myself, like I have, again, I say I have a bunch of different coolers. So if I needed to have two things sitting in a cooler, that's fine. But, um, if I had to get the three, four, five things, then I would probably move down the pathway that w- which Chris did. Now I will say on the wings, we both went the same route with the wings. Mm-hmm. I cooked my wings all the way through cooked on the smoker. I got as much, I actually did them on my egg. I got a lot of post oak in there to try to get as much, uh, smoke flavor as I could into the wings. And you did an, you done, you had done an experiment before on what's the best way to crisp your wings up after you're done smoking them. So yep. you get that. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about, I, I don't know if you've talked about that, your experiment you did before, but I think it was good because I, I just essentially took your experiment and executed on it. Yeah. So I think we mentioned a little bit on the live show, but I'll recap it though. Um, what we did was what I did, you know, I mentioned on, on our bonus show that, uh, this year, every year I pick a food that I want to get better at. And so this year it's going to be smoked wings. I, I love wings. Uh, I could eat wings all day, every day. It's my thing. When you're eating wings, uh, the wing connoisseurs know it's not just the good flavor, the sauce or whatever, but it's actually the texture when you bite into the wing that makes a difference. So, and it, you know, I talked about losing weight while eating barbecue and one of the steps that I wanted to do to enjoy wings, but continue to reduce the calories and, you know, extra nonsense that I was eating is I bought an air fryer and surprisingly 
it works really, really well to give you the crispiness on the outside of the wing while keeping the the inside of the wing very moist and, and juicy and still good. So when you think about smoking a wing, you, you, you're cooking it for, for a period of time. So that inevitably is going to start to, you know, remove some of the juices out of it. So the trick is to kind of find the balance between smoking it and getting a good smoke flavor in there, but then finding a way to crisp up the outside of the wing so that you can then translate that flavor to it. One method that you'll see is people using cornstarch. They'll uh, layer the outside, you know, they'll do it on uh, sweet potato fries too. It works really well. You just put yep. cornstarch on it. It gives you a nice little crispiness to the outside of it. That works. You know, if I'm going to continue to eat healthy, I want to reduce the amount of things that I have to do to achieve what I want. So, so in the experiment, as a recap, I tried three different methods. I tried to smoke the wing and fry it in oil, smoke the wing, and it's just a flash fry, maybe a couple, you know, minutes just to kind of crisp up the outside. And then I just did a regular smoke wing and then I smoked the wing and air fried it. And end result, the air fry wing had a significant boost or bump over quality over the other two for one, obviously would be texture um, with just a smoked wing. But over the fried wing, what I noticed is that the, the air fried wing retained the smoke flavor better. So that's the, that's the method that we did. So now it's just figuring out between your air fryer, how long you need to air fry it for to, you know, not dry out the wing, give you enough crispiness. So that's what you have to play with. Yeah. And for me, I, I did the, I smoked them, went to the air fryer. I think I was roughly three to four minutes. I mean, it was really, it was relatively quick. Mm-hmm. And once they were nice and hot and I was seeing like the barely bubbling, not getting any dark brown, I pulled them out, tossed them in a little bit of uh, butter so that my seasoning would stick. And then I used two different seasons. I used holy cow uh, in one toss. And then on the other toss, I used our sugar maple that we like. And yeah, your wings were outstanding. Thank you, I sir. really, really enjoyed those wings. They were really good. Well, I know you, we then, because we had so much food, you left some of your wings at our house and you did three different style wings, which was great. And they were, they were all housed and devoured. They were devoured here as well. So they were, yeah. you I had to do baby girl's wings. So she has a style of wing, you know, where I use multiple different uh, dry rubs on it and then end up with like adding Splenda to give it that s- sweet heat. You know, so a little bit of spice, a little bit of sweet, a little bit of heat on the dry rub wings. And that's her absolute favorite. And so, and even as a tip, sometimes I'll go to like a Buffalo Wild Wings and I'll say, just give me 20 wings plain. Don't do anything to them. And then I get them and I'll take them home and I'll just take a little butter, throw it in there, stir them up with my with my rub and just do it like that. So, you know, sometimes I don't feel like cutting the wings and going to, going to get them, but we want wings and we want them our, our style. So... Um, so I did that and then I did a straight up uh, barbecue wing and I found this new sauce. It was a uh, cinnamon spice uh, barbecue sauce, which I, man, that thing was really good. Really, really good. So that was enjoyable. And then I had, I can't remember what the last one was, but either way, all the wings came out great. Um, so that was a great addition, you know, that, that whole finger food. Now the burnt ends, phenomenal. That brisket, you know, you just, you couldn't beat it. But the, my favorite was the beef rib slider. 
You know, it's funny because when you pull the the beef off the top of the rib, because that's the only – I mean, there's really no meat underneath. Right. And then you slice those. You didn't even measure. It was like you sliced it and it perfectly filled a slider bun. I had been thinking about this since we mentioned it every day. (laughs) And I was like, if I slice it here, I just knew if I sliced it here – this is perfectly going to fit on the bun. And I posted the picture of the, of the one of the ones I first sliced. No measurement, no nothing. Just sliced it as like, this is perfect. And the way I describe the experience, because we use for this, I used a brioche bun. I see, they had a, they actually sold a brioche bun with seeds on top. And I was like, this is perfect because the brioche has a bit of sweetness to it. So then you had the, the, the beef, then you had the savory with the seasonings. It was just a perfect combination, uh, to me. And, um, when I bit into it, 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 it had so many, a range of emotions, right? Because you're looking at this thick piece of meat that's on the bun. So in your head, you're like, okay, this is going to require effort, right? To not only bite into, but then to chew. And when I bit into it, it all but disappeared because it was just such a good piece of meat from that 44 Farms that it just it was just effortless. Like you just bit into it like a like it was almost like eating peanut butter and jelly. But it was about the same effort as that. And <laughs> but better, but, better but way better. And it was it was just so decadent. It's like like I my mind immediately went back to the macaroni and cheeseburger that I did because I was like, this thing tastes so good. I don't know if I can make this again. I don't know if I should make this again. It's really, really good. And I want other folks to go out and try this out because it was, it was so good and so fun. All I did is I took the, the, the beef ribs out and I took the knife and I just ran it right down the bones, removed all the rib meat off of there. Um, anything that was left on the bones that, that got quickly dealt with by family members. <laughs> And uh, I just sliced them into, into perfect cubes that could fit right on the uh, right on the buns, and nice. then that, that was it. And that yeah, super super awesome sliders. Yeah, everything else worked really well. The pulled pork you did was outstanding. I gave some to a buddy of mine. I think he said he called you. Yeah, he did. He hit me up. Yeah, he sent me a picture of his son devouring it, and then he said he hit you up to let you know how good it was. Yeah, it's always 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 great to know that. Uh, you know, you, you make it and you, obviously you like it. That's why you made it. But, uh, it's always nice to hear from somebody else that, man, this was, this was great. I really enjoyed this. So yeah, it was nice getting that phone call. So man, well, I, like man. I say, I think overall, this was a good experiment. It's definitely something I do again. I like, I, I'd like to try doing nachos and stuff like that, but I'm, re- I'm thinking about this breakfast uh, thing you're talking about. And I think that would be a, a good one for us to try out and probably put a little bit of video and documentation around it. Probably not the first one when we screw it up, but uh, maybe we <laughs> right. figure out how to get it done right. Yeah, it's been a while since I've done a bacon with you, so I'm definitely not <laughs> going to record the first one. <laughs> it will be, yeah. Uh, uh, something tells me it's going to be a train wreck the first time through, but I think the second or third time through, once you get like the the egg part of it and all that thing done, and I know we have a, I would say, I was going to say we put some links in, we do some picks, but my gut was telling me, do we really want to do picks? Because we have a ton of different seasonings from your uh, cinnamon barbecue sauce that you were talking about. My sugar maple, my holy yeah, cow, the forty. The I mean, there's I'll a do lot one of, pick though. I'll do one. Yeah, pick. go for it, man. So Please. I've worked in restaurants for a long, long time, 
and I've developed a bit of a callus on my, you know, that I can pick up a lot of hot things that most, you know, a lot of people will just be like, nah, I need gloves. But in my old age, it seems like I'm starting to lose that superpower. So I actually did order some uh, new barbecue grill gloves. And uh, these are made by uh, Red Driver. And they're just like these uh, massive gloves that have uh, silicone on the outside of them. So you can pick up hot things. And it came in especially handy that day um, because I was able to reach in, grab my brisket, take it out, wrap it, put it back in. And, you know, not, and I didn't feel any heat because I started, you know, as I was doing this, normally I would just grab the brisket with my bare hands, take it out. And, but lately I've been like, wow, this is hot. <laughs> I don't know why I'm losing my powers. But, uh, one of the early on shows, we talked about taking gloves and putting it over top of those heat gloves. So, um, the high temp, Resistant gloves are awesome, especially when you're grabbing stuff hot out of your smoker. But even beyond that, getting yourself some uh, some nice vinyl disposable food safe gloves to put over top. It just yeah. makes it easier so you don't have to keep cleaning these things. So um, check out the Red Driver and we'll put the link in the notes. Um, they, they worked well. I've tested them. Grab brisket, grab beef ribs, in and out, grab the pans they were in. Didn't feel the thing. Was able to handle it. It does take a little bit of effort to put the the uh the glove over top of the other glove just take your time you know put it on but it once you get it on it's it's a great thing because you don't have to clean them up and you said red driver yeah okay awesome well hey you know what learn something new every day i i still i grab my normal oven mitts and i run out there and get it done that way but sometimes like i do have some really large gloves that are insulated that if I just need to like reach and grab like a piece of meat that I use for like touching the meat. Cause I wouldn't use my oven mitts for that, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's always good to learn something new. And especially if you can just put really quick disposable gloves over gloves. Mine are mine look like um, I'm going to go wash dishes um, cause they're super long gloves that come way up high. Um, I could probably reach into the coal pit of the fire and stir the fire around with my hand. Uh, they, they work. They're yeah. so, uh, they're so large. So I would, if you, you know, one tip I would say when you're doing that is just when you get the, uh, food safe gloves, the other gloves, um, get a size up to make it easier to go over the, cause yeah, look, that's a good choice. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much impossible for me cause I had to get both the larger size and both. So for anybody else with, smaller regular normal hands then yeah you can do that and make that work (laughs) all right awesome man well hey like i say i do even though i just at the top of the show with one of my picks saying cook less food it it all came out well and yeah everybody did eat a little bit of everything which is what we wanted yeah and i was actually even because we had extra i was able to run a plate over to my neighbor who was like oh "Oh, i just love brisket how did he like it i didn't hear the results oh he loved it okay yeah And of course I got over there and was able to, cause he made pulled pork and he's like, ah, I ran to the basket. I ran to my son's, I think it was soccer. And he's like, I got back. I overshot my temperature. So it was a lot drier than what I mm-hmm. wanted. And mm-hmm. you know, it was nice. I was like, well, if you should have told me, I could have brought you some pulled pork too. Cause mine was nice and moist. Oh, it didn't come out great. Do you want to try something? No. <laughs> <laughs> Unless so, you got an ocean to dip it in first. No. <laughs> yeah. It was nice to, uh, I mean, like I say, we all, we've all been there. We're you make the mistake or you run out to the store thinking, you know, the, it says I got like 20 minutes. 
you get to the store, you get stuck in traffic on the way back and you're like 45 minutes. You're like, man, it's like almost 10 degrees over and I still know I got to cook over. Yeah. Honestly, it's not, it's not a bad thing to pull it like a degree or two before it hits your final temp because it will continue to cook on its own and reach that temperature anyway. Like when you look at the meter, they actually, you know, temp down a little bit. So, um, and they'll tell you to pull it before it actually hits temp. It'll actually start beeping and tell you to pull it, pull it. Yeah, I, I have definitely noticed that on the meter. I I will say I'm really in love with the meter for my it's, cooks. Man, it's, it's just solid, man. Solid. All the meats I've had to cook so far have all been in there. Um, it, when If it gets and, too and cool, we're like talking when about you open the, the door. meter remote thermometers, folks. Yeah. That thing is it's really good. I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with the meter. Uh, and here's the cool thing, right? Even though I couldn't remotely adjust the temperature in my smoker, because the meter had the ambient temperature as well as the meat temperature, I was still had a peace of mind when I left my house because I could still know that my smoker was at the temperatures I wanted it to be, right? Yeah. That's a huge backup, you know, when you think about it, so... I, I don't know, man. I, they, they've done a really good job with that meter, and uh, I'm really impressed with it. And so far, like when it's counting down to when the meat should be ready, been pretty accurate. I've, I've talked about this numerous times, but it's been pretty accurate. Uh, what yeah, you know, when they're saying okay, it's 20 minutes left, pretty much it's pretty spot on so far. You know what? I, another tip I will also give: um, if you're trying to save your fuel source, like your wood, your lump charcoal, things like that, if you once you wrap, like you're not getting any more smoke flavor in your meat. It, it really, your, your smoker is becoming an oven. And like today, I just, my smoker for some reason wasn't getting up to the temp I needed to be. And I was like, screw this. I've already wrapped. I've already got the color I want. The bark is perfect. I just need it done. I pulled it and threw it in the oven. I was yeah. like, I, I don't have time to fight with the smoker. I'm, I mean, I was working. I'm like, right. I don't have time to it run happens. and baby the smoker. It happens. So, yeah. yeah, I just said, I don't have time. Throw it in the oven. I already know that it's going to have all the smoke flavor it was ever going to get. It got in that first like, six, eight hours overnight. Goes right into the oven, set it at 250, and let it just low and slow. And the funny thing is the uh, the uh, the meter said, whoa, whoa, Rod, your oven, though you think it says 250, it's actually 230. So I was able to pop it up a couple degrees to get it to get where yeah, I, I needed to be. I love so that. So that was yeah. actually even telling me my oven what I – and I always felt that my oven was a little cooler than what I thought it was. But Man, this confirmed know. my belief on that. So, yeah. again, just a great device to have. So I, I got this itch. And I'll just leave the show here. I've been looking at to get a second smoker. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I've been I've been I've been looking at uh, uh, to buy a second smoker, and I love my smoker, so I want to buy one from the same company, just a different style. Ugh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it on another episode. All right, until next show, we're Talk out, to you later, man. Peace. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.